Welcome to Behind the Business Podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing episodes taking you behind the scenes of industry-leading creative small businesses. We'll talk about the real-life, messy behind-the-scenes process of what it takes to build a successful business. Hopefully, each episode helps you combat the perception of perfection within our industry. I hope each episode encourages you to keep showing up no matter how imperfectly so that you can make your own unique impact on this world. Grab a cup of coffee or wine and let's dive right in. Cheers. Hi guys. Today I have the honor of talking with Rachel. I'm so excited to have her on. Um, I think I met you probably through Creative at Heart one of these years. Um, yeah, yeah, most likely. <laughs> most likely. I know. I feel like that's how I know a lot of people in the creative industry, but I'm so glad that the conference brought us together. I've been watching your pivot into brand photography and like you are doing it so, so well. And so I'm so excited oh, to thank have you, you on today and just chat about all things branding and business. So Rachel, could you go ahead and introduce yourself um, and let people know how you got started with photography in general? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, so um, I'm Rachel, like what Ali said, and I am a brand photographer and strategist based in Cincinnati, Ohio. I specialize in working with creative entrepreneurs um, to create, uh, to like, clarify their brands and create intentional imagery that then better tells their story and thus connect better with their people and then mm-hmm. take their business where they want it to go. That's like the elevator pitch that everybody loves to tell, you know? Um, and so, yeah, getting started in my business, man, I, I feel like every creative kind of falls into it, you know, like Mm -hmm. there was this moment where they were like, I want to work for myself (laughs) or maybe not. Maybe they kind of just started. So I I feel like I kind of just started. So I thought Mm -hmm. for a really long time that I was going to be an elementary school teacher. And then, um, like I'll probably reference like my faith in God a lot in this because Mm -hmm. I I can't really separate him and my business. And so like, I had one of those moments where he was like, "Eh, no, you're not going to do that anymore. And I was like, crap what am I going to do? Um, and then my sister, my sister got married back in 2015 and in her journey looking for a wedding photographer. Um, I, when she found hers, her photographer offered an internship program and, um, through the internship program, like I got, I got on as an intern and then I started figuring out that I really loved photography and my dad bought my mom a new camera. And let's just say long story short, my mom never learned how to use said <laughs> new camera. And I took it and started practicing, going on shoots with my mentor and kind of fell into this whole thing. Um, and I started off as a wedding photographer. I did weddings and seniors um, all through, let's see, my first wedding season was, I don't know, 2018 probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then 2018 and then the years following, I, I, was, I was all in on weddings and I was like, this is my thing. And unbeknownst to me, uh, the Lord kind of had other ideas again, mm-hmm. and I actually shot my first brand shoot probably, I think, at the beginning of 2017, which was insane. So, like, right in tandem mm-hmm. with wedding photography. Yeah. And then I just had friends ask me every once in a while, like, hey, could you take headshots for me? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I need some content photos. Or, um, And then my hairstylist is one of, my, one of my dear friends, and for years we swapped, like, her doing my hair for me doing her mm-hmm. photos and so brand photography has kind of always been there and uh-huh. then I've always been a really big nerd about branding and like mm-hmm. I've custom designed all my stuff and like yeah. I at show at United every year I always went to Jen Olmstead's breakouts like mm-hmm. I was just really in it and so it was kind of like one of those things that made sense but I never picked up on it uh-huh. and then um, I think it was the end of 2019. I was like, you know, I think I want to try this. And so then I, mm-hmm. I took a workshop and then I worked on it all through 2020 of like, should I, you know, should I, should I do this? Should I not? And I was posting it more and then ended up being that I did decide to go ahead and pivot into it. And I did that, I don't know, a year ago, November, I think. Wow. So yeah, it's been this like journey that's kind of existed since the beginning of becoming a photographer back in 2017. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like basically what I'm doing full time. So it's really fun to kind of like sit and trace that back. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's amazing. I did not realize that you had done it kind of in tandem. Um, mm-hmm. But that's I just so didn't cool. tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I didn't post them. I like kind of posted Instagram stories, but I was like, no, weddings, weddings. That's totally mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. And it's so funny the boxes that we put ourselves in. You're like, this is the clear cut way. I'm going to go this way. Mm-hmm. And then literally all of your strengths are saying, you should be over here, but yeah. you're like, but this is how I know how to do it. And then you finally 
given. And then you kind of like <laughs> give into it. Yeah. I have a really similar kind of almost like timeline too. Like 2018 yeah. was my first full wedding season. And I can't even remember my boyfriend asked me yesterday. He was like, when did you have your first brand shoot? And I was like, I can't even tell you when it was because I feel like it's kind of just been there like underlying, not underlying, mm-hmm. but like behind the scenes, I guess for a really mm-hmm. long time. And then I started doing it a little bit more consistently in like 2019. And then that was around the time where I was like, do I want to like, do I see myself doing weddings like long-term, long-term? And I was like, mm-hmm. wanted to say the answer was yes, but like in my heart, the answer was no. Yeah. Um. And so 2020, I started kind of like, working on it a little bit more, like thinking like, do I really want to do this? Do I not? And so I only recently was like, oh, I actually do. Like, I feel the same way. I feel like my strengths really, really lie mm-hmm. in like the strategic and analytical side of like the research oh, yeah. stuff that goes into branding photography. And now it's something that I'm like focusing on going forward, but it's so cool mm-hmm. to hear that you have like such a similar story. I have like watched your stuff like over the last couple of years and I was like oh my gosh Rachel it does you do an incredible job Thank at pretty like I cannot tell you every single time I see an image I'm like that's Rachel's and it like stops me in my tracks <laughs> which is like exactly what it's supposed to do and it's like so intentional and I love Thank it so you. much and so I wanted to ask you I know you mentioned like you've always been a nerd about branding so what do you think are like three key pillars that go into a brand, like a strong brand? Yeah. Yeah. I I really, really love this question because I feel like we don't ask something like this very often of like, what, what, what defines a strong brand? Mm -hmm. Um, And my answer might be different than what you see other places because I I'm one-on-one with brands all the time. And I get to see like, which ones I'm coming at it from the perspective of like, which ones am I able to create really, really intentional imagery that like, stands out from the crowd like you talk mm-hmm. about like you, you just mentioned mm-hmm. um and I think it comes down to like uh I would say there's three words I use interchangeably here so I'm gonna say all three of them mm-hmm. um but I say like a defined purpose you mm-hmm. might also hear that called a why you might also hear it called a story so mm-hmm. like I feel like in the branding world all three of those things can be somewhat used interchangeably but essentially it's just the thing that anchors you and that sets you apart and determines why you do the thing that you do mm-hmm. the way that you do it. Um, you're going to hear like Simon Sinek's the one that says, you know, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I've like been in this war and I'm sure you see this stuff, but this is why this is going on in my head. I'm working on something right now. Um, and I just feel like so many times like in the creative industry, we're really good at telling people kind of why we got started, Mm -hmm. but it has nothing to do with them. Mm -hmm. And so there's no like impact that they can come in and yeah, there's no connection. And, Mm -hmm. and the greatest brands have this mantra that they live by. That's their why. And they rally everybody around it. And there's this impact. And so that's like, I feel like a great brand is able to articulate their why the reason why they do what they do and why they do it that way in such a way that rallies everybody around the cause mm-hmm. and it's like let's go do that together um I love that yeah so like I feel like that's the first tenant of like okay this is the way I do it mm-hmm. and then where does that intersect with your clients and with and what impact does that make in their life that's what I would determine a why to be um so that's number one <laughs> and then I feel like after that um, I feel like consistent is such a word that's overused right now mm-hmm. in terms of a brand, like be consistent, be consistent. I would use the term cohesive more than I would consistent. Ooh, um, I like that because cohesivity, if that's how you say that, I don't know if that's how you say that. Um, but a cohesive brand, it, it means that it's, it's the same everywhere you encounter it. Mm-hmm. And so like your brand should be the same on your website as it is in person. Mm-hmm. It should be the same on Instagram as you're going to encounter on Pinterest. And that means that it's like the visual part of it, which I consider to be the branding. Mm-hmm. And then the actual like intention strategy part, which is the behind the scenes. That's like mm-hmm. the story, the why, the values, all those things bleed through into the branding. Mm-hmm. But it starts with that foundation, like mm-hmm. cohe- cohesiveness, 
must begin like on ground level inside to be then cohesive outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically it's just like, it, it's, it's like when people say, be the same person, you know, um, online as you are in real life, your brand should be the same person everywhere it goes, no matter who it interacts with. Um, yeah. And that could be as easy as like your Instagram handle should be the same as like your Facebook handle should be the same. It's like, it could be in those ways or like your profile picture on Instagram should be the main header on your website. Like just those type of things, like consistency there. So you're recognizable, but then even in consistency and how you approach messaging and and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So those are very long winded answer, but yes, I would say cohesive um, for the second one. And then the last one is just like a strong brand knows their audience and they know them well. (laughs) Um, And they, like, they always create for them. They make decisions for them. They Mm -hmm. um, create offerings around them. Like they look at their needs and they create from that versus creating something and then hoping someone needs it. Mm. So that, that's, of all of the things, I feel like it's for sure like a defined purpose, um, cohesiveness across all interaction mm-hmm. with everybody, and then um, they know their audience and they know them well. <laughs> yeah, I love those. And I think that that like in my mind is like very much so makes up a very like recognizable and like purposeful mm-hmm. brand. And so I love that you mentioned that. Um, I wanted to hear a little bit about I feel like purpose for that was something that I had known that I was supposed to kind of have in business early on. And I mm-hmm. always struggled to find it, which oh, I girl, preach, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> I think that was my very first indication that I was like, I love wedding photography, but like, is this the best mm-hmm. fit? And so I wanted to hear how did you kind of go about figuring out what that was for you and your business? Like, did you go through a certain process? Was it something that took a really long time or just like, what did it look like for you? So the hilarious thing is I never could figure it out for wedding photography. Isn't that insane? Yeah. I could not figure out what my why was until I stepped into brand photography, which is just so funny. Um, that should have been like flashing sign on the wall, you know, anyways. Um, (laughs) And I love that you asked, like, is this like a process you walked through? Mm -hmm. So I firmly believe that a strong brand, I'm also like a coffee enthusiast. So I I firmly believe that like, so you're going to hear words like that. A strong brand is brewed over time. Mm -hmm. So yes, I've walked through probably every version of this is how you find your why that exists. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd say that the closest process I walked through that brought me to the brink of it was actually um, found within Abby Grace's branding foundations course. Mm-hmm. Um, just because she asked a lot of really, really intentional questions that got me to the cusp. Um, and then I have since, I've, it's, it's kind of taken me, it's probably in a year and a half process to mm-hmm. come up with a statement that I actually feel comfortable wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still working on it a little bit. And then this is like, this is just to say that like your brand is always in refinement. Mm-hmm. It's something that like, it, it's, you, I don't feel like you ever arrive as a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you're continually strengthening it. So for my why, it looks a little bit different now than it did a year and a half ago when I did Abby's course. And it's just been this journey that I'm constantly pulling from different resources to find, but I kind of came up with my own formula Um, and it's, it's really just derived from Simon Sinek's book and his formula is kind of like, I blank. So that blank. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, your uh, I don't remember what he says. The first part is it's basically like the, like the content, like I do this. Mm -hmm. So like, and then impact statement at the Mm -hmm. end. Um, so I kind of like switched it up a little bit for myself and I was like, I blank by blank. So Mm -hmm. that blank and that's kind of given me a formula that can mm-hmm. give me an outward facing why statement mm-hmm. um but yeah my inward facing one doesn't follow that formula but you know it's <laughs> okay I feel like that it's like such a vague not vague topic but it's like such a nebulous topic but I feel like you can feel very woo woo like no. all up in the air like I don't know what this should be <laughs> I think you're doing a really good job of making it like tactical and tangible even in the ways that you mentioned like how you can be cohesive across like multiple platforms you're like you know make sure you have the same um like image and like same handle which I'm realizing my handle is actually slightly different between 
like my mm-hmm. Instagram and my Facebook. And I didn't even realize it until you just said that right now. And I was like, yeah, hey, that's like a good indication. And that's just like how easy can people find you? Because mm-hmm. like mine, I couldn't get rachellee.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also couldn't get Rachel Lee on Instagram. So I was like, what, when I, when I made my website, I was mm-hmm. like, what, um, URL can I get that I can also get on Instagram that I can also get on Facebook that I can then claim on any new thing I need Ooh. because it's like if it's gonna be Rachel Lee photos even mm-hmm. though I would love it because Rachel Lee photography is just way too long um, but like if I wanted it to be Rachel Lee photos on the one I needed to make mm-hmm. sure I could claim it on everything so that way it's just like my thing is instagram.com forward slash you know on Facebook, on um, Rachel Lee photos. That, that was the thing I was looking for, you know, brain fart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's cohesive across all platforms. And basically it just mm-hmm. allows people to know what to expect from you mm-hmm. and to teach people um, that this is where I show up. So it's just, it's like, again, making it recognizable. And that's why like, yeah, I'm a person that's like, I love the, um, you know, when people talk about like the heart of your brand and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, mm-hmm. but how do, what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. I love it when you can then also have like, this is how you start. <laughs> like, yeah. these are the practical, tactical things. Cause mm-hmm. I'm a person that's like, yes, but why? I, I, I ask that question on a normal basis. And so that's why. <laughs> I, love, I love that. Yeah. I feel like it also helps you get to the heart of things too. No, but I, I love that. I, I feel like you did really give things that people can take and kind of at least start with. Cause I mm-hmm. think it's very easy to be like, oh, I need to have a really stellar brand online. And it's like, okay, like, what does that mean? That could mean like yeah. any hundred of things to do to kind of like get started with that. So I love that. Yeah. Um, wanted yeah. to take things in a little bit of a different direction. All right. So you shared recently in an Instagram post that you wanted to keep your goals and your plans a little bit more fluid for 2022. Um, I wanted to hear about the heart behind that decision and kind of what that is going to look like for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you, um, dug through my Instagram to find that post. (laughs) I don't think it was too far, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, so I will start off by saying that I am like an Enneagram one, Mm -hmm. meaning that like, I am very much a perfectionist and I like things to go the way I intended them to go. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't Mm -hmm. always happen. I feel like a lot of us were taught that in, you know, everybody's going to reference 2020, but like, a lot of us were taught that when our lives were literally uprooted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that continued for me into this year. Uh, there were a couple of things that happened in my personal life and I, we had some loss in my family. And so there would, there were just a lot of opportunities where I was like, I can either chug along at the goals that I set in the way that I set them, mm-hmm. or I could sit here and be okay with not getting there because I wanted to, like, because I needed to either, like, experience the grief or walk through this season of, um, like, whatever was going on, Mm -hmm. and so I just feel like life hit me in a way that it never had before, and I Mm -hmm. had to either choose to, like, be the emotionally detached business owner with an unhealthy life, Mm -hmm. or choose to be a healthy person and let my business goals take a backseat, um, now in the moment that it, it, that was really hard, <laughs> like it, yeah. it felt like it was all coming crumbling down and it's resulted in me having to like put realistic eyes on some of my like financial goals and different things like at the end of the year, mm-hmm. which is why I feel like in that post, I said something about remembering to review what actually happened this year, both in your mm-hmm. personal life and your business, because it's so easy sometimes to look at the goals that we set and be like, I didn't make it. I didn't do it, but Mm -hmm. you're like, but what did you do? Mm -hmm. Like, don't just set up camp and the disappointment. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I feel like that's kind of the heart behind it is because me as a person sometimes doesn't function when my plan doesn't go the way that I want it to. Mm -hmm. So it's learning to like make it with open hands and expect it to go wrong Mm -hmm. Um, because ultimately we don't have control over that. So that's kind of the heart. and then I feel like for 2022, I love that you answer this, you ask this question now, because um, how I'm approaching that in 2022 is the fact that I'm just going to be okay with planning 2022 in January. <laughs> yeah, that's how I'm starting. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was like, I'm watching everybody's posts on Instagram, and I could sit here and compare their lives to mine. Or I could mm-hmm. be like, Rachel, you don't have capacity to try to plan out a whole year right now. So mm-hmm. I'm going to like set January and then plan in 2022. But I just feel like um, I love the way that Kat Schmoyer, um, approaches planning for a year, you know, like the whole quarterly thing. 
And I think learning that this year allows me to then, like you said, look at goals with like the fluid nature of like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to change this. I'm going to do this a quarter at a time mm-hmm. and be okay. If like what I thought was going to happen doesn't look like that because something happened in my life. So hopefully that answers the question. I feel like sometimes I talk around it, but no, yeah, I think yeah. that totally answered it. Um, And I just wanted to echo like in the past, there have been like really big business goals that I've set for myself. And at the end of the year, for whatever reason, I, it's, it's so funny. I'm like working on reframing this in my mind because I got like 90, 97% there, but in my head, I kind of equated it to like, oh, I didn't hit the goal. And it's yeah. like, that's discounting everything that I did do throughout that exactly. year. And it's so easy to fall into the trap of like, oh, well, I didn't hit it hundred percent. So I'm like a total failure, which that is not true, but that's like a lie that I know that I tell myself all the time and I'm still working on flipping. And so I love that you mentioned that. And I love that you were like, well, I could take a step back and be a healthy person first, because I'm sure that like in the long run, that's also going to help you like be a healthy business owner. Like I, Mm -hmm. I don't believe that you can be a super healthy business owner unless you are like, your heart is taken care of, like your mental health mm-hmm. is taken care of first. Um, and so I love that you mentioned that. And then I'm actually the same. I usually like, will have my goals set by this time. And we're recording this mid-December for anyone that's listening to this <laughs> later on. But I usually have like everything set for the next year. I'm like, these are the things I want to tackle in these specific months for next year. And I am the same. I don't have the capacity for that this year. And Mm -hmm. I'm also know from like now the past two years in business of like, well, I can start the year being like, oh, I think that this would be amazing to do. But then maybe six months later, life looks completely different. And maybe that's not like a priority at that point anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you mentioned kind of like the fluid quarterly goals and catch more I think is a great, um, a great resource for learning more about this of like, you know, let's look at the next 90 days. Cause like your brain can really only focus on one thing for like that chunk of time mm-hmm. anyways. And that still allows you to kind of, um, just like navigate change as it happens throughout the year so that you can be more flexible and adjust and still have a plan for the upcoming three months, but not hold yourself to something that you thought you wanted like six to nine months ago, if it's not yeah. going to serve you anymore. So I love that. Um, yeah. And then what is a one thing that you wish that you could change in the creative industry? This is like a loaded mm. question, but always fun to ask people. <laughs> I love that you're like, this is a loaded question. <laughs> um, I feel like in the creative industry right now, as a whole, so like, and I look, I typically look at it from like the photographer perspective, because I mm-hmm. obviously like lived in that part of the industry, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's this really big push. Um, there's this really big push right now to go viral um, and to like having to approach social media as if we're influencers. Like mm-hmm. it's like, there's, and that's what like, I was told, I don't know, I think it was earlier this year. Um, someone reminded me, she's like, uh, Rachel, you're not an influencer, you're a business owner. So like, don't make decisions when it comes to like marketing or your worth or whatever with the idea that like you are an influencer and not a business owner. Like I'm a business owner. I'm doing so much more than creating content all the time. And like, if I don't have time to make a reel right now, it's not going to be the end of my business because I'm not making money from that reel. And I feel like there's this push also to just do what's trendy mm-hmm. and to not find our own way of doing it. Like we're creatives. Mm. We function with a creative brain. Mm-hmm. So why are we like, okay, I have to lump myself into this group of people because this is what's working for them. And I feel like the social media landscape or just like the internet landscape in general is so cheapened by us just succumbing to what everybody else is doing and not finding our own way of doing it. Um, I love this. I feel like you definitely (laughs) hit on something that has like, I have felt kind of underneath everything, but didn't have a way of like articulating like Mm -hmm. why I felt that way about going viral. Cause I totally agree. And I, I mean, I know people that are like, oh, you should jump on the like newest thing Mm -hmm. when it comes out because that's how you can grow really quickly. And something in me has always been like, no, I don't want to. And I think part of it is like, I try to look at things like through the lens of like, 
do my strengths fit this? Yeah. And then is this like a worthy time investment? Mm-hmm. If so, okay, great. But like, I, I totally agree. I think that there's such a strong push to kind of just jump on the biggest, like next biggest thing, just because it's like, what's like most yeah. popular right now. And like, I've seen things like clubhouse, for example, was like so mm-hmm. popular for such a sh- short amount of time. And then phased out like a really long time ago, this happened with Periscope when I was first starting I, my business too. I remember Periscope. <laughs> I know. And it's like interesting to see like what things have stuck around for a really long, long time. So like yeah. TikTok here to stay, I think, I think. Oh yeah. Reels, I think here to stay. So I'm like, okay, if this, if there is like a way that I can one carve out time in my schedule mm-hmm. to make this content, then great. Or can I repurpose something to make it easier to create this type of content? then great. But I do think like, I do love the message of like, don't, don't feel like you have to be a content creator first. Like you were a business owner first. Cause that's a conversation that I've had with some of my own, like photographer friends behind mm-hmm. the scenes too. And I think that I would love for more people to be like, Hey, like you are a business owner first and that's okay. Yeah. Like give per- people permission to be like, you don't have to come at business from like the lens of being an influencer because if that doesn't feel natural to you, well, it's because like you're, you're in business to like take photographs if you're a photographer yeah. or whatever else that it is. And I think it all comes back to like, there's also this, this other trend I see in the creative industry of how like, and, and it's just because we're creatives. It's because mm-hmm. we're artists and we really don't want to do the hard stuff. <laughs> we would rather just create art for people. Mm-hmm. And it's like photographers. We always want to hide behind our work. Like we don't ever mm-hmm. want to be on in front of it because we want mm-hmm. people to see our work and value our work and not just care about us. But we know in the marketing, like in the marketing mm-hmm. sphere and what people enjoy, they get mm-hmm. to know us and then they love our art because it's from us. And so I feel like as creatives or in general, it's a lot easier to just show up and just kind of throw spaghetti at the wall and hope it sticks rather than doing the work of figuring out what your brand is. Mm -hmm. But then like when you really know what your brand is, you get to operate from that and that alone. And that Mm -hmm. determines, do I show up on reels? Okay. I'm going to show up on reels because I'm going to take advantage of the fact that it's driving traffic. Mm -hmm. But like, Okay, I know that I'm going to show up on reels, do the voiceover things like the funny, like what I would equate to like modern day dub smash. Does that, because <laughs> I, I did the dub smash back in the day, but I never showed anybody. Um, I was thought of my that. siblings and my yeah. friends, but like that would not be something that would, like if I posted that, people would be like, what is Rachel doing? Like that doesn't, that doesn't go with her brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lynn, like, and then I asked myself the question, is there a way that, like you said, can I infuse it into my current marketing strategy mm-hmm. or the current things I'm already taking? So is there a way that I can create reels in my own unique style and then become mm-hmm. iconic for that and mm-hmm. thus separate myself from the crowd rather than just being like, well, I don't, I just want to get, I just want to get views. I just want to get traffic. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to do the trendiest sound that -hmm. happens, but I'm like, but I'm not an 18 year old on TikTok who's just trying to get famous. So yeah, you know, it's just like like, purpose behind it. Yeah. yeah, When you know what your brand is and know where it's going and you know the heart of it and you stand in that, it allows you to say no to so many more things Then if you were to just be like, okay, this person's doing it. So I'm going to, which I did for a really long time. Mm -hmm. My brand looked like a mesh of like Caitlin James and Jenna Kutcher and all the people I was taking courses from kind of like meshed up with a bunch of either like duct tape or like, um, what's the, I'm not thinking of like crazy glue, but I guess like super glue, you're kind of like hoping that it goes together. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but that you can't ever own that and step out with that confidence. And so I just feel like, um, we don't, as creatives, we have a hard time putting on our business brains mm-hmm. um, and making decisions from that. But if we did for long enough, I feel like we would operate with so much more creativity mm-hmm. and the space online would be just so much more diverse mm-hmm. um, and beautiful if we were just willing to step out and be um, kind of just who we were created to be. Yeah, so, I love yeah. that. 
Well, I hope that this like episode gives somebody out there the encouragement to, and like the confidence, I guess, to just like really not be afraid to show up as themselves Mm -hmm. online in a way that's authentic to their business and their brand and like helps them. I hope it's just something that they think about every time they go Mm -hmm. to maybe create a post and make sure that it's like done in a way that's like really unique and creative in their own way. Cause I, I love that. And I think you're so right. I feel like if I almost reminds me of how Instagram almost was when it first started of everyone Mm -hmm. was like, Oh, here's like my way of posting this picture. That's like edited in this like funky filter. That's like, so unique to them. There was not, it was like before the land of like curated Pinterest Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, or not curated Pinterest, curated Instagram. Sorry. (laughs) It looks like curated Pinterest. It looks like Pinterest. (laughs) But before that, I feel like it was it was like very authentic to like each person. And so I kind of, I would love to see just like the online space kind of go more in that direction, hopefully as people kind of like keep hearing the message of like, it's okay to be authentic and like step out as yourself and be super Mm -hmm. unique with how you show up online. And like, and I feel like even using the word authentic, um, there are so many like hot words right now that like people take and they immediately put the connotation of like, So many people use the word authentic online and they're like, I'm just going to show up in the middle of my mess. But I think it was, maybe it was Tyler Spear. I don't remember because it was a creative at heart Mm -hmm. where he was talking about. Yeah. Tyler. Like it's so, yeah, it's okay Mm -hmm. to show up on social media and just show yourself the way you want your clients to see you. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to be the person that shows up with no makeup Mm-hmm. in a top knot on social media. Mm-hmm. I'm really not that person. I don't go to a coffee shop without at least makeup on my face and a cute mm-hmm. outfit on. One, because I don't leave the house very often. So <laughs> I want to look cute when I go out. But two, like, that's just how I've always, you know, shown up mm-hmm. in real life. And mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like the push to be like, you know, because there was a while of like, show your mess because you want mm-hmm. people to see that you're a real person and authentic and whatever. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I also feel like there's, there's like being authentic to who you are. Mm -hmm. It's just showing up how you would in real life. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for it to be a little bit more polished than some people. But if you're Mm -hmm. the person that like, is like, I don't care how people see me and your clients (laughs) love that. And that's great. Yeah. I'm not that person. So it's like, (laughs) I had to go the other way with that though. Cause I felt like so pressured to show up super perfectly. Like with makeup Mm -hmm. on like hair all nice and done which today is like one of the rare days but I grew up like I was doing computer science and cognitive science in college and even at UVA which is where I went to school there's like a very huge divide between like the college of arts and sciences where everyone is like really polished put together for classes or in like nice at leisure. And Mm -hmm. then there was like the engineering school, which was like its own little bubble. We had our own little space and like people would show up to class in like sweatshirts and like Uh I wore leggings every single day of the year. I was like, I'm going to wear my leggings before I have to go to corporate and like wear really nice pants. Cause like, that's just not my vibe and I took full advantage. And so I feel like I'm almost the opposite where for so long, because it felt like you had to be so curated. I really struggled with that. Cause I was like, that's not me a hundred percent in real life. And for me, I was like, I kind of almost don't want to set that like standard or level of perfection, even with my Mm. clients, because my clients will look really nice and put together for like their session, but they're not the type of people that are going to be like, oh, why isn't she super, super dressed up as a creative, like showing up to the job. And so that was something that I had to kind of like work to be like, it's okay to like show up as I kind of am in real life, because that's authentic to me and my brand, even if that looks exactly different for other people. And like you said, it, it, you said the word, it, it, your clients, like you ultimately Mm -hmm. know who your client is Mm -hmm. and they value why you show up the way that you do. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like if we look at it through, like you said, the lens of who you are as a person, Mm -hmm. and then you filter that through of like, okay, this is who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. And then this is who my client is. How how does my personal life intersect with theirs? And can I use that as a connection point? Yeah. And so it's being strategic as a personal brand, because I feel like there are personal brands that are literally just personal brands. And then there are personal brands that are also business brands. So it's like, as a personal business mm-hmm. brand, yeah. you know, like I, like it's, it's kind of going back to that influencer idea. I'm not mm-hmm. at this point in my business, I'm, I'm not necessarily looking to grow a massive audience because mm-hmm. I only need a certain amount of clients every year. So as long mm-hmm. as I'm getting those, I'm good. Um, 
but it's just like for me I don't know I always had this struggle of like I was a very private person before I started a business and then I was like everybody's like you have to have a personal brand you have to share about your life you have to do all this stuff and I'm like but I don't share about this with anybody Mm -hmm. and so like I had to come up with like not be strategic but I am kind of strategic and curated in my normal everyday life so that's you know probably where that comes through Mm -hmm. but it's just like I had to be like okay where does my personal life intersect with my brand which intersects with my clients lives Mm -hmm. and becomes these like intentional connection points that humanize my brand but allow me to keep my personal life as my personal life so it's just this like weird dance and it's different Mm -hmm. for everybody which is why you have to like figure out what what works for you it's like what are my values am I okay Mm -hmm. with sharing that and and for you like is it okay for you to not be authentic? Probably not. That wouldn't mm-hmm. jive well with you. Mm-hmm. And so like, what are, what are the things that I value? What are the things that my clients values and how do I show up in the intersect of both of those? So, yeah, I like that. Cause yeah. I, again, it's like a very tactical way of like figuring out mm-hmm. how to navigate this, like no matter how you feel about it, of being like, okay, what am I comfortable sharing with? What are things that I know would connect with my client and that I personally feel comfortable sharing about consistently maybe, um, and then Mm -hmm. operating out of that, but not feeling the pressure to like share everything or like Mm -hmm. not share anything at all. And like being on one end of the extreme, but like, I think that that is just an intentional decision that people can think about maybe towards the beginning of the year, Mm -hmm. or no matter when it is that you're listening to this, like maybe take 15 minutes to kind of think through those buckets and see where that overlap is so that you have a bit of a framework whenever you're going oh, yeah. to post content or create create content, but making sure that it's not just like following a trend or something that you don't actually feel comfortable sharing with you. Like you don't have to share it online if you don't want to, mm-hmm. like everything in business, I feel like should be something that like you can personally back if that kind of makes sense. And Mm -hmm. it's something that you can control. I think so often we think that we should be doing things a certain way. So we go to do it that way, but it kind of like conflicts against our personal values, kind of like Mm -hmm. you mentioned. And I think it's totally fair to like kind of operate out of that foundation and be like, these are kind of my boundaries based off of like what my core values are kind of like what I'm comfortable with and like have the confidence and like be okay. Kind of like really like staying in that zone and like mm-hmm. I think that that's just a reminder that I also have to like tell myself like year after year and kind of even like adjust to as I like grow and refine my business of like okay like what do I want to share now that maybe I didn't share about in the past for whatever reason like have I maybe come out of like a messy situation that I now feel a little bit more comfortable openly sharing and talking about from like a more positive lens. Um, Cause that's something that I, I, I remember like the era of like being authentic on social media and like sharing things about your personal life that maybe aren't necessarily like positive. And I am a huge, like a very private person in personal life too. Like I didn't really use social media before I had to for business. And so that always like, I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't think that it should stunt anyone from feeling like they can be successful and grow. Like, don't let that come up against, like, I would say don't adopt strategies just for the sake of success. If they don't feel mm-hmm. good to you. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can you talk a little bit about overcoming some limiting beliefs that you've had to kind of navigate through, whether it's the past year or two, as you've kind of like evolved and grown in your business? Sometimes I have a hard time, like, uh, putting words to what the limiting belief is, Mm. uh, cause you just sit there and you're like, what, what, why am I not moving? Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have to do a lot of like intentional heart work there. Um, but yeah, I feel like the ones most recently that I'm like I can't say that I've overcome them mm-hmm. um, I guess the one that I've probably kind of overcome the most is let me see if I can put words to this just the idea that I have to reach it, it's kind of like the idea of perfectionism for mm-hmm. me um, I am a person that loves to learn mm-hmm. and I always felt like in order for me to try something new or to reach a new level in my business, I had to take a course. I couldn't get there on my own. Mm -hmm. And so it 
resulted in me kind of being a like educationaholic or like courseaholic or whatever, mm-hmm. just like buying all the things and then not finishing them. But you know, it was just this like this idea that what I had was not enough, like that mm-hmm. I was not enough to get to that point that mm-hmm. I couldn't figure it out on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's just for me as a person, I have a hard time believing that I am enough or I, that I have something to offer. Mm-hmm. um that's unique or that's different or that people should pay for mm-hmm. um and so I feel like that's definitely one that has plagued me probably my whole life but especially mm-hmm. in business because now you know I'm like asking people to pay me for things that I do for them um mm-hmm. or that I create or you know different things like that and so I would say that that's definitely a limiting belief and I've combated it mostly by asking people to speak words of affirmation over me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also done it by re- more recently, a friend asked uh, or told me that I should start writing down um, the change that I see in my clients' businesses as a result of my work. Like, what are the things that they're able to do because I did this for them? Mm-hmm. Um, and not as a way to like toot my own horn, but as a way for me to like equate value with what I actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that then I can believe that because mm-hmm. really like we're our own worst critic and we're mm-hmm. our, our own biggest stumbling block. And so both of those things together can mm-hmm. usually just halt all progress. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of opportunities we don't take because of those things and so Mm -hmm. um uh, I think it was I think it was Vanessa Hicks I I was at show United in uh November and Mm -hmm. she on the last day she gave a talk and she called it the fear of failure but then during the whole thing she said I don't think you guys are really afraid to fail I think you're afraid to succeed Mm -hmm. and I was like crap it was one of those talks where you sit and you're like are you talking to me? Because I feel like you're talking to me. Like, are you reading my, like, are you reading my mind right now? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it was one of those things of like, I really do think that in some ways I'm afraid of all the things going right and nothing going wrong. And what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Like, what does it look like if for some reason, you know, I have a fully booked out cause like what's next? Like if, mm-hmm. if there's no problems, you what know, you then do? what's stopping you? Like, what, yeah. like what, so yeah. it's, kind of, it's one of those things that it's like hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Like in the back of your mind, you're like, you know, and so then you like stop yourself short of, of mm-hmm. success or of all of the things and you don't step into things that you should step into because you're afraid that they're going to go right. And yeah, it, it's just one of those like weird things. It's like the things that happen in your head, you're like, how did that get there? Yeah. And then I think that the other, and I don't know if this is the limiting belief, but it's not believing that I'm a leader. It's like so many people are like, remember yeah. that you're the CEO. Yeah. Remember that you're the leader. Like you get to make the decisions. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of the idea of, you know, when you're fluid in your goal setting, it's like, you have the power to not work as much as you do. You have the power to like raise your prices. Mm-hmm. You have the power to like grow or to take a break. Like you have that power, mm-hmm. but sometimes it feels better <laughs> to just keep working and to yeah. stay busy and to not own the like, I'm a leader and I can scale and I can grow and I can make these decisions and actually be a business owner, or I can continue acting like I'm an employee in my own business mm-hmm. and that there's this arbitrary boss that doesn't exist yeah um, and I'm just going to continue like on the hamster wheel like there's mm-hmm. just there are so many things that I just feel like I haven't and I'm kind of identifying them as we're talking about it thanks for that um but it's just like there are so many things I feel like that hold me back that I'm mm-hmm. just now identifying that I'm like okay I'm at the point where I'm like I have to either choose to see the to see truth mm-hmm. instead of the lie and move forward or continue running on the hamster wheel of this, of this mental mind cycle that keeps me trapped Mm -hmm. and keeps me from succeeding. So it's, I don't know. Yeah. I I feel like I can definitely resonate with both of those. And I would say, I also don't think the word overcome is correct because I have seen things Mm. in my business, which the worthiness factor of things or like the work that I do is valuable. That's something that I had to kind of not overcome is the right word, but like retrain my brain to be like, the work that I'm mm-hmm. doing as a wedding photographer is valuable, which to anyone else, that probably sounds crazy. Cause like you're yeah. preserving memories that people would never be able to go back. Other and people see your value before you, before see, you it. see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. And I think it took a really long time to feel comfortable with that and like 
own that and understand the impact of it. And then when I stepped into education, it was kind of like the same kind of limiting belief where I had to like mm-hmm. kind of work through it again of like the knowledge that I have is super valuable. And yeah. it's something that like, you know, is worthy of, you know, people investing in a course or whatever that it is. Um, and so it's something that I think keeps showing up in different ways. So I don't necessarily mm. know that the word overcome is like, a proper word to use, but just like working through over and over again. So I loved that you shared that both of those, I think are things that I can personally relate to. And I'm sure there, there's people out Mm -hmm. there listening that will so appreciate you being able to like share that those are things that you're working through because it could be things that they are currently working through in their own lives and businesses too. And honestly, as you were talking, it's almost like you use the term reframe when we were talking about something earlier. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when you encounter that limiting belief, you have to choose to reframe it in your mind mm-hmm. and to see the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, because really like the limiting belief is a lie that you either believe about yourself mm-hmm. or you believe about the work that you do and the value that you have. And so when you encounter that lie, you have to choose in that moment to see this is a lie. And this Mm -hmm. is going to lead to this mental spiral. Mm -hmm. I have a choice to either seek out what is true Mm -hmm. and to stand in that or to continue living in the lie in my own head Mm -hmm. and thus like trapping myself and not being able to move forward. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's like a daily and almost like moment to moment choice Mm -hmm. as well. Like, I think it comes across and not just like the big things in your business, but even like day to day as well of like having to mentally check yourself. And sometimes I think it's so like, we're so used to that in our minds that we almost don't even like catch it. And then Mm -hmm. there's like a feeling later and you're like, why do I feel so crappy? And then you're like, oh, it's probably because of what I thought about, not just like the work that I'm doing, but how I feel about myself. And then that's kind of like what triggered the feeling. And I think it takes like an incredible level of like self-awareness to kind of Mm -hmm. be able to catch that and then work to reframe that. But I do think that like, when people are able to do that, I know that when I've been able to like reframe things for myself in my own business, like that was when I actually saw like the most level of growth. Like it wasn't just a course or like knowing exactly what to do or like the right steps. I think it was like that mental reframe, which kind of led to like the confidence. And that Mm. is what kind of like got me the results that I was hoping to get for from like other external, external sources. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes we're like, I feel like knowing it gives me the Mm -hmm. confidence, but it's not knowing it. It's Mm -hmm. like doing it. Mm -hmm. Like the the confidence comes from the action and not from the, like the knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's like something that I always have to like remind myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) consistently. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. This has been such a good conversation today. I wanted to ask you one last question before we hop off here. Um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask, you what inspires you and motivates you and kind of fills up your cup so that you are at your best self every single day in business um yeah the superficial answer is espresso Mm -hmm. um (laughs) (laughs) I bought an espresso machine just so that I could like oh I have have that at home yeah and like the process of like actually making my own espresso every day Mm -hmm. is honestly it's Like, like an art form I didn't know existed do you like, like I have it out the coffee grounds and stuff and like put it? Yeah, in? I have oh. the whole, yeah, yes. I, have, I used, I used to, to just have a Nespresso. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I got a, I got a full like Breville machine on a deal and it's, it's been fun. I, I'm, I'm an iced coffee person, so I haven't mm-hmm. attempted the whole latte art thing, but it's on my list of things to try. Mm-hmm. Um, and then aside from that, I draw a lot of inspiration from mainly people, the people that I work with, the people that I'm around, the conversations that I have. I'm a big problem solver. And so then like even conversations like this, I'm going to come out from away from this on such a high. And so I feel like just in my business, I'm really inspired by like seeing what people are passionate about and helping them channel that and bring clarity to it. And then be able to like create for them in a way that like tells that story better or in what, you know, what you have it. And then I think the other things just in my personal life, I have always been drawn to like stories through like books and films um a lot of the things that I love uh, or the places I want to go come Uh from books that I've read or movies that I've seen like I will tell everybody all the time that Pride and Prejudice 2005 is like one of the best movies (laughs) and 
mainly because of the, the way that it's filmed like the cinematography in that movie is insane so is the movie score I can watch that and like get ideas for like shots at a brand shoot it's my favorite oh, um and then I'm a big music person mm-hmm. I like I think my Spotify raps told me that I had like I listened to like 56,000 minutes of music last year oh, wow. a little insane yeah. but when I'm in deep work, I listen to a lot of like film scores and uh, piano and symphonies and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then recently it's more like I love, I- I've gotten back into like watercolor and I, um, I hand letter too. Like I was the nerd in, um, I was, I was homeschooled. <laughs> oh really? I didn't so, know that. Yeah. 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 And then in, in like middle school, early high school, I decided that like, I really wanted my cursive to be really good like I just wanted really good hand handwriting because my my grandpa had really good handwriting he could do the like the stuff that looked like it was on the declaration of independence mm-hmm. and that looks so cool so I I just decided that I was gonna practice so I wrote my spelling words and definitions every day for like three years in person. <laughs> I love that. um and so now it's not near I don't do it nearly as much but um I like to like hand letter quotes and to do different things like that and then um I really like watercolor. And so between those two things, I've been doing a lot of that and crafting recently, mm-hmm. which just gives me a, a, a creative outlet that's not on my laptop or holding a yeah. camera in my hand. And so I just feel like that's kind of helped me reconnect to the idea of being a creative and being an artist. Um, because I, I fully and firmly believe that everybody has their own form of creativity. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always look like what we do as creative entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. but everybody is creative in their own way and so like channeling that and figuring that out and doing it for fun um Mm -hmm. it's just a way to like fill your cup back up so yeah yeah. (laughs) I love that I do I also like do watercolor or calligraphy Mm -hmm. on the side but it's something that I let myself be really messy with and not Mm -hmm. really good with like I check myself to be like, this does not have to be like an avenue of perfection. Like it's supposed to be fun and bring me I'm learning joy. that. Yeah. I'm to let myself do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I sometimes feel like my brain like needs that mental outlet of like, this is just mm-hmm. for fun. Like it does not have to be perfect. It does not have to be something that you show anyone. Yeah. Um, and so I love that you mentioned those things. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time to come on yeah. and chat with everyone today. I think it's going to be a really, really encouraging episode for everyone to tune into. Um, and if they want to find you and follow along with you online, where can they do that? I think you mentioned it earlier. Um, but Yes. So you can find me on Instagram and my website. Um, those are the two main things. And it's Rachel Lee photos. Rachel is spelled like Michael. So it's R-A-C-H-A-E-L. Oh, and then Lee, Lee is L-E-I-G-H. My parents decided that both the spellings of my name should be a little difficult. So um, <laughs> it's Rachel Lee photos on both Instagram and my website and most of the places that you find me. So yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on. And I will catch everyone in the next episode. Yeah, of course. If you loved this episode, be sure to check out my free masterclass for photographers to help you book out your wedding photography business this upcoming year. I chat through three key tips that you can start implementing today to confidently raise your prices and book those dreamy clients. You can sign up at manaliphotography.com slash class, C-L-A-S-S. I'll see you inside.